now for the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club. Welcome to the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club with Bill and Jenny Sparks, Dave and Chris Riekerd, Tim Oni, and the crew. Bill will be taking your phone calls and you will hear lots of conversation. We will have cooking tips, demonstrations of products, and much, much more. And you may reach us by calling 1-646-558-8656. You will need the meeting ID 848-725-450. And when you're asked for a user ID, just press pound. You may download Zoom from the Play Store or the App Store. And now, Well, a very good Wednesday morning to you. It's, what, July 22nd, 2020, Wednesday morning already. Hope everybody's doing great. We've got a full, full, full panel of folks on the line ready to talk today, and that's what we're here for. So let me start it out with the panel. We'll start with Jeff and Albany because Jeff's the loudest and can talk the fastest. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Very nice. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Everything is good here in Albany, New York. We've had great weather, and I'm loving every minute of it. And we're going to have another temperature of at least 88 degrees here. Great. Keep the heat on. I don't mind it. I hate the snow and the cold, but everything is good here. Very good. Let's go to the Pocono Mountains. Kathy, how are you this morning? Oh, good. Good. Thank you. Uh, things are fine here. It's a bright, sunny day. I don't exactly know what the temperature is. I believe it's in the probably upper 70s, lower 80s. <laughs> but uh, it's very nice out and sunny. And Chris and Dave haven't sent me a shower yet today. <laughs> I always tease about that. But uh, thank you. 36 yeah. notifications. How's I might your go out for a walk. Great news. Donut shop doing. 
Oh, they're not working today, which you probably will be glad because then the sound effects won't be coming over the air. <laughs> but I'll just go outside on my balcony off of my living room. There's a very nice balcony that faces the pretty mountain, and you can hear all the birds and all the animals, and it's very pretty. All that good stuff. Let's go to Indianapolis, Indiana, and down in the lower regions of the Ariana whatever you want to call this. Um, Jennifer, how are you this morning? I'm good. Things are going pretty well. You're Checking out there in your much. office, are I'm you? I'm in the office. Oh, yeah. Doing your thing. And Checking so, mail, doing all that kind of fun stuff that I do before I start the day and get serious about it. Well, there you go. Let's go to Evansville, Indiana. Michael. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, well, I just uh, finally recovered, I think, from two weeks of convention fun. I listened to both conventions, so maybe we'll have time later and talk about that and kind of what some of your favorite events were. And uh, if you listened to both or just went with your favorite organization or maybe some things you learned and favorite events and all that good stuff. Other than that, um, I've uh, just been out and I'm trying to get new clients and playing with my new HD Home Run, which lets me watch TV on my iPhone. You get up to four different shows, watch watch or record. So that's maybe we'll demo that if folks have an interest in that, watching TV on their iPhone, getting their over-the-air channels, or I guess even cable TV if you can get one of those cable cards from your cable company. But uh, and time for bits later, I have a salad recipe. There's nothing better to me than a really good salad. So I made one this week. I'm telling you, I I like a salad. Someone in the five seven zero encouraged me on a salad, so I've been <laughs> been 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 making a salad. Um, let's see, let's see, let's go to Greensburg, Indiana, and see what Abby's doing. Abby, are you with us? I thought Abby was here. I'm looking for her now. She has to unmute herself. Yeah, unmute yourself, Abby. It said the host is not allowing me to unmute, but I think I'm unmuted now. Yeah, you are. You are. Good, good morning, everybody, and uh, thank you for allowing me to come back and hang out on the coffee club. I'm awake and enjoying the day. Um, Temperatures are great here in Greensburg, but I think we've got some rain, but uh, we need it. It was it was getting very dry. So what's so. going on in Decatur County? Uh, I'm sure your fair has probably been canceled. Yes. There's, there's no county fair. There's no state fair this year. High school sports has probably been moved back a little bit. We did, we did have graduation for the GC uh, Greensburg Community School, high school. They did have graduation uh, Saturday, finally. They had it on the football field so that everybody could social distance. Oh, okay, well, hey, whatever works. The weather was probably fairly good and hot, and so at least that worked. I think the new words for the for this year will be social distancing, pandemic, and the new normal. Well, and don't forget hand sanitizer. And don't forget masks. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right about that, Abby. Yeah. 
whoever whoever invented hand sanitizer and masks this year should should do pretty well. You know something I just want to mention this before I forget, but they said that uh, if you run out of your soap, keep the pumps. It's not a problem getting the soap, but getting the replacement uh, pumps. So keep that, and then you can and, get soap and refill them. And there's the other thing about hand sanitizer, guys. Be aware that there's certain hand sanitizers, I think they were made in Mexico, that have methanol in them, and those are not healthy for you. Those aren't good for you, and uh, get rid of those. Return them. Uh, I bought hand sanitizer. I didn't realize it, and uh, and I couldn't read it on the on my scanner or my iPhone, but uh, my stepdaughter told me this has methanol, so I went right to the supermarket and returned it. So just be aware of good that. Thing they, good thing they let you do that. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Radio Tim, who's finally back from vacation. I kept having to answer calls on my on my show. When's Tim coming back? You're okay, but we really want Tim back. So Well That was nice of those people. Yeah. I paid them enough. But anyway, <laughs> Uh, I'm doing well and had a wonderful vacation and also uh, tonight is, well it's actually an exhibition game I guess, but the Twins play the Chicago Cubs at Wrigley Field. It should be interesting, it'll be the first game that I've listened to, um, well without fans, I'm not sure what, how much they're going to do with recorded fan content but uh it still anyway. sounds kind of weird to him i got to hear the yankees and it yeah, doesn't sound it right. does sound weird yeah. yeah i was gonna listen to the yankees and i <laughs> i ended up having something else to do at the time and, but what so. you're gonna have to get used to tim is your announcers probably if they're like the rest of the league are at home here in minnesota yeah, they, they are and um, they're doing the game remotely and yeah so i'm not sure about the tv guy if he's going to do that or not, but uh, and and he, well, our announcers are actually at the ballpark. They're just yeah, but that's stay a, at the ballpark when they go to the. Um, well, here's the, the other games. thing. Yeah, they go to the local ball ballpark. Here's the other yeah. thing. In, in the Some NBA, when they do basketball, the announcers aren't going to be on the court. They will be. Uh, there'll be a, a barrier between the the announcers and the players, and the players aren't going to be sitting on a bench. They're going to be sitting on lawn chairs that are uh, appropriately socially distanced from each other. That that's the new normal for bat for NBA right now. Well, anyway, the Twins that exhibition game is tonight, and their first real game is Friday. So yeah, the, the, I think there's some games starting on Thursday, and then yeah, then. Friday is when they start for real. But when, for example, the Reds play at home, then the home announcers are at the ballpark. And But when the team is on the road, the, the announcers, home announcers, the Reds announcers, will stay there at Great American Ballpark and do the game remotely. And can they appropriately do that with the camera? As long, I guess, as long as the cameras throw everything, I guess well, they can I do mean, that. I think there'd be a little bit of a delay. I don't know. We'll see how this is going to work. They say they can do it because of the because well, with the Reds, their TV TV booth is next to is part of the of the radio booth. So if they open up the whole thing, they can see all of their monitors too. So so they claim that they'll be able to do it. 
Well, and I, unfortunately, I think it might be a trend to come. I was but what hoping. I can't get used to is this fake crowd noise because you just hear these this murmur in the background, and it's like when they don't make them cheer or anything. So when anything exciting happens for the home team, they don't. It doesn't cheer or anything. But they still set off the fireworks when people got a home run. And it was really strange. And the other thing is, you know, you know, we always hear crowd noise between the pitches. So, in the, and when they throw, you hear nothing, and it's just like a dead. It's not silence because there's always noise in the background. But it's, it just sounds, it, Jennifer. It just sounds eerie. Does that make it sense? It does. It sounds strange because even because normally in a game you hear people that are close to the announcer saying things. Even lots of times, or the guy going through the stand selling coke or whatever that you hear in the background. Hey, you know what you can hear it's at Yankee weird. Stadium? You can hear the press box audio. So every every time something was going on in the game, they, they always do. You know, they always do sounds from the press box. So yeah, we yeah. can hear that on ours too. A lot, of, a lot of good stuff. But it's like the organ or anything. Somebody ought to at least play the organ or let you hear the intro music of the players when they come up to the. Maybe they will in the real when the real well, game starts. I, I, I really weird. do predict, and I I know that because we humans are social animals. I don't care what you say, and I do predict that. But they're going to have a vaccine probably this by the winter time. They're going and it's going to work because they are testing it. They have found that there's a vaccine that they've tested in Oxford, England. And there's a vaccine that they've tested with GlaxoSmithKline uh, and, and another company here in the United States. They're working on it. And that also has the same positive trials. And the, and I've listened to Anthony Fauci. He says, again, that there will probably be a vaccine by the, by, by the, by the early winter. And once they start getting that in, I'm not going to say we're going to go back to complete normalcy at, this, at that point. But it will get more closely back to a normal situation once we get something like that working so i wonder if once they get the vaccine they're gonna have something so they can tell who's had it and who hasn't well there's another there's issue here just refuse to get and here's the other issue jennifer they, there are apps on your phone that will tell you that you've been in contact with someone who might be infected but there are a lot of questions about privacy issues here and I don't know that I want to put an app on my iPhone in that area. So, Well, my understanding is they're going to contact like the doctor's offices and make sure the elderly and those maybe greatest need who already have illnesses uh, that might be more likely to die if they got it will make it first dibs on it. So, But AstraZeneca, I'm told, was actually made or produced here in the Evansville, Mount Vernon area, Bill. I don't know if you heard that, but um, so I'll have to research that a little bit. Hey, I can picture vaccines on the black market because people try to sell them to try to make money, Mike. You know, never mind. You know, that's right. another story, another day. But at least we're adjusting the the best we can, and I think we're going to have some up days and good months and bad months. Have we got through everybody on the panel as far as no, I know? Forgot no, forgot us. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! My favorite friends and their dishwasher stories. I am so sorry. Go right ahead, guys. We're good. We're having rain and thunderstorms, one of which I'm sure we will send Kathy later today. But other than that, nothing's going on here except a bunch of hand-washing dishes. Because somebody... Somebody's had the repairman out one, two, three, not three times, maybe four times, and they've ordered how many different parts for this thing? Well, we have eight. 
parts sitting yeah. in our living room in four right, boxes. That's and not my other I time. I want my Bosch, so they might as well just give it up. Right. Well, how many? And, and you're willing to pay the the higher price because Bosch is a very good, yeah. good quality appliance, uh, from what I understand, Chris. Right. So, but how many other uh, parts besides that eight do you have? They've put in there. They've and, put in. Let's see. They've put in a new element. They've put in a new board. What else have they put in? Dave? I don't know. There was four. There were four parts they put in. So this will make. Well, of course, we have three boards now, one of which is new and already in there. We have four wiring harnesses, one of which will fit, but they don't know which one. We think we do. (laughs) And they tested the element. It's fine, but they ordered another one anyway. We have two plates. I don't know. They're just and a motor. They've just about rebuilt the whole thing. Is this under warranty, Chris? Yeah. Okay. So it what what is what is what was the original problem that you were having with the dishwasher? It wouldn't dry. No, Jenny, it's only five years old. Wow. So. Yeah, the original problem was it wouldn't dry the dishes, but then the last time the repair guy was here, he had to cut a part out of the wiring harness, and now you can't use it at all. You can't even wash dishes with it. So. And so this comes at a great time when Dave can't wash dishes. Yeah. And Chris does Unfortunately, Chris has to be the dishwasher, which is not, I'm sure that's not fun for you. So you I probably don't like, don't like doing it. Dishes. See, I don't mind washing them, but hey, you know. So there we go. There we go. And I'm so sorry. I thought we had talked at the first, but, you know, what can I say? You're but, getting old, Bill. Old, I'm already went old. In a couple of weeks, I'll be one more. What? In less than. And the crowd noise, the fake crowd noise is really weird. Uh, the pirates are using that as well. It's awful. Why don't they let them cheer when the home team gets. Like, they, they, like have well, they. Or something. I think that was an issue because they were afraid that it would be biased. You know, like the home team would get to. Well, it's supposed to be biased. It's biased anyway. I know. In a real but... crowd, it's biased, and that's okay. You know, they're they're not even going with the foot. And I don't want to belabor sports. I'm not a sports expert, but I know the NFL. When the NFL starts up, they could have had the Jets and the Giants play in the same stadium. That's the stadium. That's the Meadowlands, and they could have had 500 people. But both the Jets and the Giants say no. We don't want any any fans in this at the game because. You know, there are people who have season tickets who pay for those tickets in advance. And how do you choose which of the 500 people go to the game? They knew that there'd be lots of problems that way. So they're not going to have any fans in the audience or if, at the well, games for Jets and Giant games. I think they're going to keep it up till there aren't going to be any at the 500 either. Because they started out last month, they were going to let, let it build a 50% capacity. Now, yesterday, they changed it to 25%. Because unfortunately, the numbers, people, the numbers aren't um, doing as well as what they wanted here in the state. We've been stuck at that, whatever they call it, four point whatever since June. So, man, if we'd be in Florida, we'd be down to one or zero. So you just never, never know. All right. We do have some hands we raised. We have some hands so. raised, okay. And, and so I'm going to say, and Joe, and Joe and I'm going to get to them. One person. thing before the hands raised. Go ahead, Joe, out in Albuquerque. 
Hi, good morning. It's 70 degrees. They're talking about thunder showers today. We'll see if we hear those rumblers up to 90 degrees. Anyway, I remember way back in the 50s, St. Paul Saints baseball and Minneapolis Millers baseball, two rival teams. And when they were away, the Marty O'Neill, the uh, sportscaster, he they would use Western Union, so they would send a telegraph to him as to what, what the teams were doing and had a little crowd noise. So remote baseball started like that years ago. So just a little point of uh, history here. And, Joe, there used to be a thing called the Liberty Bell Network on, on radio as well. I don't remember it. I'm too I remember younger. that, yes. Uh -huh. be before Mutual, there, there was Liberty. Oh, yes. Uh -huh. Thank you, Joe. All right, we have Jerry in, in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Go ahead, Jerry. Good morning, everybody. And the other half is with me today. All right, And uh, we're listening, and uh, everything's cool here. It's like 70 degrees in Indiana, PA, and we're going to be up to 83. We've had a thunderstorm. We'd send it to you, Kathy, but the problem is our grass is brown already and can't be mowed because it's so dry. So maybe we'll send you another one sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very good. Judy. Hi. Uh, Hi, Judy. Glad you're back. Hey, I am too. <laughs> Let's stay and make sure you don't get back into the hospital again, Judy. We want to make sure you're well. Thank you. I want to stay that way. <laughs> yeah, we want to keep her home. All right. Thank you right very home. much, guys. All right. All right. We have Gail uh, out in Sauk Rapids, Minnesota, I guess. Go, go ahead, Gail. Go, is she muted? Go ahead, Gail. I don't know why you're not unmuting here. Go ahead, Gail. <laughs> um, I, it's pretty nice here. Um, it's pretty nice here, and uh, I went. I, I listened to well. I listened to our NFB convention, and there were some meetings I missed because some of them are they're kind of all scheduled at about the same times, so it was kind of hard to get everything. I missed our Minnesota little Minnesota caucus thing though. That kind of bummed me out. But the the meetings themselves were great. The ones I listened to for the NFB convention were great. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed those. And we're hey, and buddy, I know you. I know you. You hung up, but if you, I didn't mean to put your hand down by mistake. That was my mistake. So if you do want to participate, please call in again. That was my fault. So I'm apologizing for that, buddy. No, I'm the one that usually puts hands down. <laughs> I know. So that does that. Mike, did you want to say anything about the conventions? You mentioned you wanted to talk about that topic before I get to a topic. Oh, okay. Well, I thought we open that up for a group discussion because I was just curious from. But if you got another topic, maybe you want to do it first. No, but no, no, I no. To talk to people, ahead. kind of what their favorite events were. Uh, if they listen to both, they in the process maybe their minds changed about one of one or both of the organizations as to what they learned. Mm. Stuff at the ACB, uh, you can hear the archives. Some of them aren't quite labeled right where you know exactly what it is but they do seem to have all the archives of of their events i don't know if the nfb will do that uh the other interesting thing was the numbers uh acb i think came in around 1500 and the nfb uh i think because they elected to make it free 
They had about 7,252 formally registered. They had about 9,000, I think, people that actually uh, tuned in at one point or another. And I guess their peak, they didn't say when it was, was 8,261. So that's pretty impressive. Um, a lot of good things. Um, I know the ACB keynote keynote there from Roy Samuelson, uh, you know, uh, Mark Riccobonos with NFB, the uh, banquet speech was really good, talking about how organizations want to get rid of the word blind and how we really need to be mindful of that because they, you know, think it's, they can make more money if they get replace the word blind with vision. So it was kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know, there's so many different presentations, so hope we have time to go around and see what other people found interesting. I, on the ACB side, uh, there was one about Google Forms. I wasn't aware of how functional that was, and that's going to be something I'm using in the future for my business or personal use. Uh, they had a really good one on Saturday, still on the ACB side, talking about uh, basically leadership and, and, and how to work with people and the four different types of, of personalities, and that was a very... I would strongly encourage anyone that's in any kind of leadership position, whether you're leading a, you know, a blindness organization or your church or anything, to talk about, you know, how we all have different motivations. And when you learn that and tune in, how you can really get the most out of your people because they're volunteering their time and talents, and that's a whole art to, uh, you know, keep them motivated. There was just a lot of good stuff there. Uh, a few things on the NFB side, and I won't go on too long, but. I listened to one about autonomous vehicles, and more than than that is obviously people are wondering when blind people will drive. I don't know when that might be, but more likely what you'll see is probably a, a self-driving vehicle, Uber or Lyft or something like that, and you would actually have to interact with that. And then one of the questions I had was what about getting to finding the vehicle and finding your destination when the vehicle reaches it? And they said... Someone finally did ask that question, and they said that certainly was it was under NDA, so they're working on some technology to help do that, but wouldn't disclose what that is. But the takeaway from that was there was a website called PaveCampaign.org. Pave is like an acronym for personal, I don't know, uh, auto, I can't remember now what it was. It was, uh, but it's for the, the purpose of just education, because they realize it's autonomous vehicle education. I think as it was pave campaign p a v e campaign dot org so if you want to learn and you can actually get involved in the groups if that's something that you're really interested in uh from a consumer uh standpoint so uh, there were just so many that were interesting so i'll I'll quit there and be curious what other people uh enjoyed or got from the conventions or if it changed your views about the organizations or oh that was just it was pretty amazing. They really, both organizations stepped up, very short notice, got it done. It took a lot of organization coordination to make that happen. A uh, few little glitches, I would say mostly Zoom-related, uh, but they were, they really they made it happen, and I was pretty impressed. I the only, the, uh, oh, go ahead, Jim. Sorry. I was going to say the only glitch that I really noticed was we had trouble with our voting system towards the end actually it worked fine for all 29 resolutions and uh i I thought that was a pretty neat way to do it can Um, you explain how that was how it was done tim for those who may not know uh, um well you could either text or vote 
by phone, um, by um, calling a number and either up or down one or two on the phone. Um, and and they took votes for every resolution and and uh, they tried doing it for all the people running for office, but um, about the time we got, well, when we, when the first vote went for president is when it crashed. And I'm not sure what, what happened, but you just ended up getting a busy signal whenever you called in. <laughs> yeah, the way they did that, because I know you're asking how they make sure they were authentic, because what you did is if you were an actual registered NFB member, you went to nfbvote.org and you put in your name and the phone number that you would be calling from to vote. And then, like Tim said, you could either phone or text. I did all mine via text. And like you said, you just did one for up or yes and, and two for no or the first or second choice. Yeah. And uh, that worked really well, like I said, until they got to the point of the elections. The other thing the NFB did uh, to the best of their ability, and it wasn't them so much it was the technology, uh, that they had an actual app. Uh, it was called Attend eHub. And I don't know if you installed it, Tim. I didn't see your name in there unless you came in later, but... It was kind of neat because you could see all of the events, and they had the direct links for Zoom to launch it. Uh, they had all the attendees, so you could go through and message different people through there. I didn't see too many people use it, though, but I thought it was pretty uh, cool. Yeah, I didn't see anyone using it, but I yeah, I was in there. Um, oh. But I, I, I used the computer, so maybe it showed up differently. Um, but it really worked well. Uh, I was really impressed with that. Mike, did you, uh, on the convention side for ACB, they, they had people in booths. They called them virtual booths. Did you, I couldn't figure out how to do that because well, I wasn't registered, so obviously maybe that was not, a, not available to me. But did you check that out at all? I really didn't do a lot with the booths. Um, I really think high insight, the ACB missed a golden opportunity. Maybe they really needed that money, but that, by the NFB doing it for free, obviously they – the largest convention they ever had was 3,300, and here they went to 7,200, and there were events that had 1,000 people in them. But uh, So I didn't do those. I think the ACB was more where uh, – maybe I should let someone else speak who actually did it. I mean, like the NFB, they had the vendors had booths, and you could go in there and talk to them. And the ACB, I know a lot of those were like they had a certain period of time, and they had a dedicated radio channel. Uh, and you could go and hear their presentations at those specific times, but I assume there was a way that you could go in there and and speak with them, but I don't know if each of them had their own Zoom room in the way that and the NFB did it, so maybe someone else can comment on that. I was going to comment on the, the way the NFB did it. I A lot of the rooms didn't have anyone in them, and I'm not sure if that was the the, you know, the people that were doing the room at least when I checked it out um, I, I couldn't the exhibit hall really didn't have that much available um, the uh, people like um, um, Blind Bargains they did a really good job on the exhibit and things like that and it was it was fun let me ask you a question Tim um, if you had it to do over again, if, if would you still go to an NFB convention, you know, assuming you had the money and everything else, would you go to a convention or would you prefer doing it with Zoom? Is that, that's, always an, that's always an interesting question that I've, I've been asked a lot. Well, if things were 
quote unquote normal, I would still prefer to go to a convention. I think it'd be more fun, but um, just meeting people and things like that. But but I really uh, thought they did a good job of it, and I can see a place for both, if you know what I mean. Like. I- Right, well, but that's going to be a that's, that's going to be, be the a new challenge normal. to do. Oh, it is. It's, it's it's easy when you're at home. Like I don't say easy. It's challenge enough being at home. But when you go to a convention and hotel, the Wi-Fi is up and down, fast and slow. It's going to be a challenge to have the people and the bandwidth and everything to actually get all those events streamed. I think. But how do they do it now? I mean, there there are conventions and hotels where they do have to use Wi-Fi, and so they have to do it anyway. So is there a preferred way of that the hotels provide preference if you want to pay to make sure? Well, they may right. They can pay for services, maybe about a hundred dollars a day, to make sure they got a secure, dedicated bandwidth. Uh, you know, so that they can execute it. But what I'm saying, when you have multiple events, usually they just broadcast the main ballroom type of thing. But if you're going to have multiple ones, they would either have to cluster those in a couple rooms. I would assume in close proximity, and make sure those events or. But it's also. It's the bandwidth, but also the technical challenge. You have to have people that know how to do that. They have to manage yes. those PAs and get those PAs patched into a stream. And, you know, where it's not too loud and it's not too quiet. And, I mean, there's there's just a lot of technical stuff that's going to have to happen, magic and equipment and everything, uh, to do both. But I think they certainly, the numbers speak for themselves. And so I, I, I think they see the benefit of it now. And they'll have to think about how to integrate that going forward. I will say my, one of my favorite things, uh, I'm a ham radio operator, and so I didn't spend a lot of time on the computer listening to the convention because I knew I could, arch- I could listen to the archives, but they had a session on handy hams that, that ACB did, and that was chaired by Early News, was moderating things, and Zoom had this uh, webinar feature, and when I got into the Zoom room to w- listen to the convention, I could not mute myself, I could not unmute myself, I couldn't do anything, but I could listen to the convention. I couldn't even raise my hand, so... There is a way of going into Zoom. It's a, it's like a, it's like a, a cut down version of Zoom for webinar purposes, and it worked very well. And it was a very well done uh, presentation. I would say cut down. You, you actually pay more for that, but you have to have that when you have a couple hundred people in a room. You you have yeah. to. Yeah, it's no uh, practical. I was going to say, um, they um, they were. Um, using that for the nfb general sessions and there is a way to raise your hand um now i can't remember exactly how to tell you how to do it but but you can actually raise your hand you have to go to a menu yeah i think the commands was all still work you just could use the the list of users in there which is what i wanted to see like how many yeah i did too and and also you you didn't know. I don't think you knew if you raised your hand. I didn't try it. I did, and it didn't. I could see that my hand was raised. I think, but it did. But she never recognized it. So I'm wondering if they if they well, limited the people who were registered only. No, there were so many people. I raised my hand a few times for different things, but I never got called. There were so many people there, Jeff. You, there were probably thirty yeah. to fifty hands that went up when they asked for it, and there just wasn't time to. Yeah. Speaking of race, Speaking of race hands, we have a hand from Ellen. Ellen. And Helen, I know your hand is tired, and we're sorry we've ignored you. Go ahead, Ellen. That's okay. Good morning, everybody. Um, actually, we did the ACB convention, and um, that was it was interesting because the only thing that if you, during the presentation, if you wanted to uh, ask a question, you had to email 
this email address, which is okay because we have two computers and we were on the phone for a lot of time, but also we had it up on ACB radio too. And, um, but it was, you know, it was kind of interesting. And when we needed, when we needed a question to ask, I just went ahead and, and did the writing for us because that's when, where my computer was available. And so that was, that worked out pretty nice. Now I enjoyed that you were wondering about the uh, different things. I enjoyed the flag tour and the, um, the, the, the audio description of the uh, White House tour. I thought that was rather interesting. And yeah, then, um, it was narrated by Ed Walker, the late Ed Walker, which we yeah. did on All Things Radio. That's what, that's, that's what I liked. It. Yeah, and he did a nice job with it, too. And, uh, and you know, that was, it was pretty interesting. Plus, I also enjoyed uh, Roy Samuelson's uh, deal, too. I pulled that up on, well, I went to Facebook and I, you know, pulled up the Facebook Live thing for that. That way I could see what was going on. But what I need to do is download Zoom on my computer, but I'm not quite sure how to do that. So um, I'll just. It's actually, actually, Ellen, Zoom is very simple because all you got to do is when you get one of those emails and it's got a link, you click on the link and it, it does it for you. So you you don't even have to do it. That's right. correct. Ellen, what's, uh, was, uh, I'm sorry, Mike, I got a question for you. And then we gotta, we gotta, we've got Bill who has his hand raised. Was there any technology that they talked about at the convention that you thought was new, a breakthrough? Because I didn't hear of anyone talking about anything new this year, but maybe I'm wrong. So go ahead. Uh, the only thing the NFB talked about, the gentleman who created Ira, uh, he left in January, as we, many people know, and he started a new company called Luther AI, and it's the intention is to somehow help you keep all of your memories. So I haven't really gone to the website. I don't know if anyone here investigated that further, but uh, so it's, it's an interesting new business that he's starting to help people retain all of their memories because it said we forget 80% of what we learn in th- within three days. Um, so, but I maybe, maybe we don't want to remember everything. No, I'm just kidding, Mike. Right. But uh, really? so I can't think other than that, I can't think of anything new. Uh, someone asked about uh, Elon Musk's claim that Tesla would actually have a self-driving vehicle in 2020 and they all kind of laugh like we don't think that's going to happen. We think he's just making it up to raise his stock price, but uh, so, no, I can't think of anything new, per se. I mean, there's things that already been out there, and I wasn't aware of them, but new, I can't think of anything. New Braille displays, Michael. Uh, I think some of the new Braille displays, the QWERTY Braille display, what was it from um, Humanware? What's it called? Uh, Jennifer, you might know. The Braille what display. Well, see, there was the Mantis and the other one. one right, of them. the Mantis. Yeah, yeah, from APH, the Mantis. Yeah. And the, uh, well, actually, I that's... Can't, I can't think of it either. Right, but <laughs> Sorry. It, it, it's made by Humanware, actually. Yeah. Um, APH might market it. I think that'd it. be pretty cool, because for people that are just learning to, you know, that, that need to use a computer all the time and want a Braille display, then you can have one thing. Now, so maybe rehab would be more likely to buy those for people or something. I had a friend that called me the other day. He was asking about 
because they were talking about this, uh, and I think it was actually announced even before the convention, but it was talked about there as well, this $99, like, six-stop Braille keyboard, or Bluetooth, that you could key in you know, grade two Braille, and he was all excited about it, and I was like, well, I have to see how well it works in reality, because... Uh, just having my device and trying to work with iOS, it it works sometimes, but it's kind of flaky, and I don't know if anyone's interested in that. A ninety-nine dollar. That's actually a very good device. If you one new thing writer. Yeah. Yeah. The one new thing that's coming out that they talked about in the um, call with NLS is that they're releasing their to the first four libraries the E. The e-reader that's going to be a 20-cell Braille display that you'll be able to use to down that'll have the ability to download Braille books from Bard, or you'll be able to put them on a thumb drive or a, an SD card and put them on there. You better well, talk as well, my, Jonas Jennifer. Is it just Braille only? It's just Braille only. Okay. I think we it's already there for four states, right? Like Utah, Kentucky. I don't recall the other two states. I don't. Um, I think it's starting in four, and then it's going to go to four more. And yeah, and I'm not sure how that pilot. works because, um, like in Minnesota here, we get a lot of our Braille from Utah. So but I think they said you have to be in that state. Yeah, you have to okay. be in that sign up with that network library and make sure that you're on the list. And probably, she said, probably if you were a BARD user and you download Braille books from time to time, you'd probably be on the list. But. And the other thing, and this is a few years down the road, but they're ultimately when they come out with something that's kind of like a smartphone, but it'll have be voice capable, so you'll be able to ask for books, and then what it'll do is it'll read you like five at a time, and then if you hear one that you want, you can just say number three or whatever, and, download it so it's kind of a hybrid of a and you'll be able to connect it to your Wi-Fi so but you know that could be five seven years down the road uh, but so that may be interesting that they actually have something that may be the size of a Victor but it's a modded probably cell phone of some sort that has Google or something built into it that'll do the voice commands and let you get books that way and hopefully that'll another stat from that I thought was interesting that they said that from the beginning, even up to today, the actual percentage of people that use BARD online is about 15%, and it's not changing. Yeah, and also they're going to make BARD available for your Google device and your Amazon device. So that's another thing. And the other thing that you've got to look forward to, and how long this will take, God only knows, but they're going to put the BARD collection uh, in the cloud, so you will be able to sync your devices, and that that could be a challenge. But Audible has done that, so I'm I'm sure it can be done, and it will be much better. So, and I guess they're moving the the National Library to a new location pretty soon too. Yeah, that hasn't been announced, but one of the NFB resolutions was to get it where they want to get it right on Capitol Hill. And so, right, that'll help them because they have to get relocated so that they can store all the materials and, uh, right, go to the cloud in the next year or two. I think that's something they want to do pretty quickly. And that will well, really Some of the archives aren't going with them. Some of them they've found storage locations for. Bill has a lot his of hand them, raised. But they want to I keep. know. 
Do we have Bill in the Chicago who's got his hand raised? Let me get to you, Bill. Bill, what's going on? He must have to. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, It's a little cloudy here today, but otherwise, it's been interesting. I listened to the ACB uh, convention. I thought they did a good job. NFB, I started to listen to it, and then I got busy. But if I, I read through their whole schedule on the NFB thing, and you had to have a, a catalog of codes to get into a lot of their stuff because if you were doing it on phone or otherwise, there was a different code practically for every session. And if you didn't have the whole catalog in front of you, you would, you'd have to look up and get a session all the time. But everybody did good, I think. I listened to a couple NFB things, and then I got busy doing other stuff. But I know the ACB tours were terrific. I listened to a couple of them. I did. I listened to one on the White House. I stumbled onto it and listened to the White House. And the guy did a terrific job because I've been through the White House twice. And his tour was excellent because um, I went with my, well, the wife and I went and my daughter went. They let us go in early and we got a one-on-one person guide. And a lot of places where they were roped off back then and they're roped off now. They took the rope down and let us walk over where you could see the portraits closer and that kind of stuff, which I thought was really nice that the Secret Service did that for us. But um, the other trip was really was good was uh, Mount Rushmore. I've been there and they did that Mount Rushmore terrific. I mean, it was almost like being there, the way they described the whole thing. I missed the Hawaiian one. I wanted to hear that, but I missed the Hawaiian one. ACB did a did a terrific job, and NFB did a good job on on the way they did it. And I think it'll be my opinion is they, if they have the live convention, they do streaming because, like you say, you got a lot of people that can't afford to fly or take the train or get to the places and the hotel expense, and they'd like to attend the convention so you get more people and more people know what's going on uh, with all the techno technical stuff and the technology and everything. Well, the big advantage to it, too, that I liked about it was there were so many sessions going on at the same time that you could choose sessions that you wanted to go to. And if you went to one and the other one was 15 minutes later, you could get to it without being late or <laughs> Right, right. Like that. that was one thing. You could, do, you could pick your sessions out or, or the way the line were timed out. You could, you could get to all of them. Or, you know, sometimes these big hotels, There'll be a session, say, at one thirty to 2.30, and the next session starts at 2.30, and it's a 10-minute walk to get to it. So oh, you, you, you list, miss the beginning, you know, where you could just switch over, you know. And I ended up doing something that you couldn't do in a hotel, is going to more than one session at a time. I did that as well. Yeah, right. Some, that, <laughs> right, right. some were just not as interesting as you thought they would be, and you just went to another one. and Right. Right, right. That's what I like. If you you looked at it and it said, ah, this is not that interesting, so you'd switch to another session or something else. You said, well, I want to hear that too. You switch. You may you may miss a minute or two, but at least you got the gist of it, you know, or a couple minutes. And I don't know how the NFB did it if you registered, but I know I thought it was cool that the ACB, if you registered, they sent you an email the night before. With all of the links to all of the presentations and the times and everything, 
so that you could go to all the Zoom rooms and they yeah, would they tell you which set, ones were going to be streaming. And Yeah, the NFP set them out to their lists, yeah, so they had those as well. The one thing I did to NFB, I thought was really awesome. I know they do it; they've done it for years, I guess. But this was the first time I did their career fair, and that was very interesting. I really think I got some leads that could actually go somewhere from that event, and uh, <clears throat> I learned some things like that. Target uh, after the first of the year is going to allow people to work from home, so there's going to be some call center positions that maybe some blind folks can get into. Uh, Amazon has just changed their structure and to a settlement and everything that uh, are going to make their software accessible. So there will be some uh, call support jobs coming from Amazon as well. And another company in Canada that um, you basically apply to them and let them know your skill sets and they find companies. So maybe it's testing websites or testing the accessibility of software or what have you. So I just found a, a few good opportunities, and that was a very positive experience for me to do the career fair. Mike, I mean, Bill, we have two hands raised, so just let him know. All right. Let's go. Let's okay. Gail and Jerry. Let's go to you. Um, let's go to Gail. Always say ladies first. So. Hi. Hi. Go um, ahead. Hi. I um, like I said the the nice the nice thing about the the NFB the only thing that I it felt to me like there was a lot all at once and so it was hard to I re, I missed a lot of the Harbaugh company was fun though they had um, games and they had and that kind of thing and I really enjoyed kind of hanging out in that Zoom room. You know, playing the playing the games and meeting people and stuff like that. That was kind of fun. And also at this point, I think I'm going to go for the day. But I enjoyed all of you, and uh, have a good one. Thanks a lot, Jeff. No, no problem, Gail. And good to hear you as usual. All right, Mike. Did you get to hear Jerry? any of the Amazon presentations? Oh yeah, I did. I both actually I heard some from the uh, ACB side and the NFB side. So we talk about that. If we take Jerry's hand there, and then no, he, he he left the meeting. Oh, he left. Okay. No, no, Jerry didn't leave the meeting, did he? Yes, he did. He? Oh. Oh, now he's back again. He had left the meeting. He came back again. So we'll get you. Go ahead, Jerry. Well, I left because I got a jump call. I thought it was important to see uh, Judy's having like therapist come in, and I thought that's what it would be. Uh, but it wasn't. It was something else urging me to vote, which I'm going to do. Anyway, that's not important. Uh, well, I found out what the problem was, and it was uh, you guys' competition. I asked Rick Lewis about why I couldn't hear ACB convention on Google Home devices. I guess you can't. I don't know if they don't have an agreement with Google or what, but uh, um, that's the situation with that. I know I was telling you guys about that, that I was having trouble hearing the ACB convention. Well, it seems... There's a way to do it, Jerry. When we do them, Google indexes them. They just need to market it. I could work with them probably and help them do it. Uh, they, I don't think the Google works with TuneIn like like Amazon does, So, but Google does its own index, so it, it can be done. We just have to work with them. You just have to work. You just have to figure out a way to do it, yeah. Yeah, they don't. 
it seems like the apps are written for the that ACB signed up for. They had an app or a skill, and it was written for the Amazon device. And maybe there's not one for Google. I don't know. But, but even if they, I don't know if they formally submit them to TuneIn, it seems like Google would pick that up like they look at well, it. The problem is with TuneIn, you don't know what they're going to do. TuneIn's not from. changing things because I know there was one that you could only get with the uh, Amazon skill, and I guess they had submitted it to TuneIn, and they didn't, they don't they're, update or something. But there's a submission form on Google, and they need to do that and submit them directly to Google, all of the ACB radio streams, and then that would be fixed. Yeah, that that may be. But people that have those devices, you know, that's just one of the things. But it it works. It works. Do we have any more hands no, raised? No, we do not at this point, Bill. Um, let's see what time it is, Jeff. It for those is, people uh, who might want to know and get ready for it later, my recipe for homemade gingerbread is coming up. Right, and, I, and, and just oh, after I just the, gained 20 pounds, Chris. <laughs> and and I've got one called the Honeymoon Salad. Right, we'll get to that one, too. And in just a few moments, we're going to announce the winner of the laptop computer. Right. So, if anybody's interested in that, um, do that. Does anybody else have any comments related to the convention? I will say why ACB, or this is what they said. So, I'm going to take them at the root. Why they were not voting live was their charter in the district, I guess their offices or main offices are in the District of Columbia, and they do not allow online voting. Now, I think that's going to be changed, or they're changing something with their organization or whatever the case may be, but they would not allow online voting. And so. to Gail's point about seems like a lot of things were going on at the same time at the NFB convention. That's what it's like to really be there the physically. There's a lot of stuff happening all at the same exactly. time. And it sometimes. doesn't matter what organization you use. Uh, um, I wanted to talk about Amazon, but I think we, 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 I don't want to hold up on the computer drawing, so I'll let, I'm going to let you uh, go first here, Bill. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that because Amazon does have some changes. Well, as you know, over a, it's been about four weeks ago now, I think we announced that we were going to draw for a, not draw, but we had everybody submit, and I had to pick out a winner for the um, laptop. So I went through the various ones, and we had a, pretty substantial amount of people who who uh, submitted a request and maybe a reason and I realize it's probably flawed but you know somebody had to do it pick it a drawing really wasn't a way that we could do this very accurately saying all of that um, though they're probably not listening today the winner was Don Lester um, from 
Des Moines, Iowa. So we'll be in contact with her, and when the computer arrives, then we'll mail it on to her. So that is your winner for your refurbished laptop. Now, remember the laptop as it is, uh, when it goes here, we'll make sure all the software is updated and it's ready to go and will be mailed to you. Um, so there we go on that one. That one is done. Okay, we've got some raised hands, Jeff. Yes, I'm going to get to what, the 828, and I believe that's Buddy. If I'm, yeah. So let me just unmute you here. Uh, go ahead, Buddy, if that's you. Hey, yeah, And please forgive me for lowering your hand, but I, I didn't mean to do that. It was my fault. Go ahead. Uh, good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Bill, and everybody. Hope everybody's having a good day. Um, um, I like my laptop. A 32 gig of RAM and an i7 is fast. It's, it takes off like a rocket. Uh, hope everybody's having a good day. I had a bad experience with Uber Eats. They they d delivered the, my food to the wrong place, and the driver never did bring it back to the house. He said, you'll have to call Uber. So um, I was out um, uh, my money, and they got it straightened out two weeks later. But uh, I'll never do that again. I'll just get in an Uber car and go and uh, go get my food because uh, he didn't even tr try to. He, um, he delivered it to the top of the hill. He didn't drive far enough, so that was one of those things. But they were nice about it, and they, it, they got it straightened out. But uh, and uh, Jeff, I'm getting my GD77 um, S next week. Hopefully that. Uh, but the CQ um, Blind Hams podcast is will not. This is weird. It will not play on my Victor Trek. It'll play on Margie's second generation stream. But it will not play for the islands. The files are corrupted. The Trek doesn't like those files. So, <laughs> you know, that's, um, that's, that's I will talk to Joel uh, W0CAS Joel Case about that. Uh, okay, buddy, and I, I'm not going to guarantee okay. that we can fix it, but I will oh, let I will sure. let Joel know about it. Okay, uh, you can play with the Alexa. That works. Hope everybody has a good day and stay safe and be careful and uh, take care. So. Uh, Thank you, buddy. The only thing I'm going to say about Uber, buddy, is the fact that there is a phone number you can call. Well, I know there is with DoorDash, and Chris probably can tell me better than anybody, but I believe there is a phone number you can call and get a more direct There is, but if you are able to go into the app and chat, you're resolution is faster there is a number i do not have it downstairs with me but there there is a phone number you can call or if you can do that on the app because i'm, I'm sure it happens from time to time i've had it happen once to me in florida or twice maybe where i didn't get the food so but it, it is one of those things it doesn't happen very often but it does happen we had it done on some shopping things once so well it's just like when you go to the store once in a while it doesn't happen often either but once in a while you come home and you're missing something that you know you paid for you can see it on your receipt so you know as long as humans are involved you're going to have problems but they just need to be accountable for them 
and I don't know if this is still the case, but in the past, if you gave a one-star rating at Uber, they would contact you because they wanted to make sure drivers weren't you doing something even illegal. But I don't well, know if they still uh, do that. I don't think so, because I did. <laughs> now, now, Chris, I, I remember having a problem with DoorDash getting a delivery, and I, I called the number, and they said, we're not taking phone calls at this time because of the high that, volume of That's calls. right. I believe they are now, but like I said, if you're... If you're app savvy enough to be able to go into the, your orders, tap on the order, and then help with an order and chat with somebody, you can get it resolved a lot faster anyway. Now, um, Instacart's customer service number works very well, at least it has in the past for us. If for a while they weren't taking calls either, and then no, they weren't. I had to go t into the website, the chat. Nothing worked. I had to go to the website, and it took me about an hour. Right. And so um, we had that problem with shipped more than once, and so much of a problem that I probably won't renew them again because I don't see any real advantage. They started pulling this thing at where they wouldn't shop at Costco, and we have to have a trained driver, and everybody keeps refusing your ride and or your order, and we're going to have to pay them more money to take your... I, I thought, what kind of logic? This well, place can't be a This is going to be line. a thing that's going to be real big spill, and right now it's probably going to go to the Supreme Court. Is an Uber driver an employee, or is an Uber driver a contracted individual? Or right. self-employed, and the, they're fighting it. And, and to, 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 to say that we're employees, not not contracted individuals. But I'm, I have a disagreement on that. But I'm not going to go into it. But you you may see some changes in the whole area in this genre. So be, be looking on, at the news wires to find out what's happening on that one. So and and we had Bill a, Levy has his hand raised. Uh, delivery. We'll get to him in just a second. We had he a, can be patient. <laughs> we, we had a. Uh, Jenny called the Chinese food place the other day, and they've always taken your order over the phone. No longer. You have to go through DoorDash. They don't take phone orders over the phone anymore. So, um, and a lot of them now, a lot of restaurants, right, you go there, and someone will come outside, get your order, and take payment and bring the food out to you. So it's like a lot of little car hop type services. Now, Cracker Barrel, if you order on their website, if you go to CrackerBarrel.com and you have to really watch what you're doing because you have to choose delivery and all that, they will deliver and their prices are a little cheaper than DoorDash, but they use DoorDash drivers to deliver. Well, that's like Walmart Grocery. They use DoorDash drivers to deliver the groceries right. at Walmart. By the way, what, what the, the other thing is, be aware, and I'm not sure if this is legal, but I, it, it may not be legal, but... There are restaurants. I went to a restaurant with my daughter, with my with my daughter and my stepdaughter, and I said, uh, and and they said, we do not take cash. It's credit card, debit card, or leave. That they will not take cash right now, because so, they can't make change. There's a change shortage. There's a change shortage, and yeah. but they said that they don't want to take cash because they don't know if that cash has been infected with the virus. They they just will not take cash. So 
<laughs> be aware that well, that I is going to... Well, take your card and go to the back of the store and run it, so unless they have something at the table, <laughs> what's the difference? There's a... That's, no, that, You're right, Jennifer. Well, I unless you. you clean your card or they clean it, I always clean it before I give it right, to them. Right, but that, that's a valid, 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 valid point right there. If they can take your credit card in their hand and hand you a slip to sign... I'll tell you what, I'll take your credit card, Bill, and I'll have a, lots of fun tonight. No, that's for Kristen. That's for Kristen. <laughs> oh, thanks a yeah. lot. You're lucky she doesn't listen to this. Hey, let's get to Bill. He's raised his yeah, hand. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Bill. I'll take I'll take Bill's yeah. credit card, too. Well, I know you will. Uh, no, <laughs> just, just, a, just a little bit of humor I wanted to get right after Bill did the drawing. I see that five bucks I sent with my entry didn't help any. But anyways, with the... Um, <laughs> with, it did. With, it with helped me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it helped you, right? Right. But, but, with, but with, the, with the stores that I know for a fact, even you go to here in Chicago area now, you go to the big stores like Myers, Jewels, which is a big one here, all the stores here, none of them will take cash whatsoever. You have to use a debit card or a credit card. And they won't even take the credit card. They, that they got machines now that you have to swipe your own credit card and your own debit card, and then it'll go through, and then they'll they'll um, give you the receipt. But no, it, it's strictly here. There's no. There's. I mean, it's it's almost in Chicago. It's almost a cashless society everywhere. No well, one's taking what is, anywhere. Hey, Mike, what is the reason for the chain shortage? So people, people who might be listening to the coffee club may not realize why are we going through this? That that I don't I don't get that either, Jeff. I don't understand where all the change went. Is that it'd be like did people during the virus did they hoard all the change like they did the toilet paper? I mean, it didn't it didn't make sense to me where where all this change went to. I mean, well, it's just like here in Chicago, we have a postal a postal service problem here. There's people here that get mail once a week or haven't gotten mail for two weeks, and they went to the post office, and some are waiting on medication, their medication delivery. Well, the uh, the congressman and stuff in this area now has gotten into it to find out what's going on. But, I mean, there was two weeks I didn't get any mail at all, and I finally, my daughter and we said, oh, we emailed the post office, and the next day, I got two weeks of mail. So, I mean, it, and in, in some places they were talking about on the news, they had people that they were saying that the post office, that they were delivering the mail, but just to get it out of the post office, they just took it out and just dropped it off in any address. Their people got didn't got mail that wasn't even in the same zip code. So there, there's a big problem. I don't know if you have problems anywhere else with your mail, but here in Chicago there's a big problem going right now. Yeah, I hear you, Bill. Yeah, they can take credit cards, but if, uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, any of you guys having trouble with your mail, just curiosity? Uh, I, I, get, I do get my mail, but they're, they're, I could go two or three days without getting mail. But then again, most of everything I do is online, so any mail I normally get is junk mail to begin with. Well, yeah, right, right. I know, but well, yeah, a lot of stuff I do automatic or online, too. But, I mean, you just don't get uh, get anything. I mean, it's just they don't they don't even give you junk mail. <laughs> no, I, mean, I send so much mail, but it seems like we always get mail. But I send a lot of mail. Right. So, thank, but, thank you, Bill. Thank you. And let's see, do we have any other? I guess we, we do have one more hand from Ellen in uh, Albert in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Then we're going to do our demo. Let's hope we demo. got her muted here. 
Why, it takes for there's a pause on how that does. Go ahead, Ellen. Ah, there it is. Yeah, you were talking about the mail. Now we've been getting our mail for the most part, except for when we get like packages that are that have like boxes or big envelopes or whatnot. They're they're not delivering it to the door, but or or to the office. You know, but that's part of management here. But they're making us go to go pick it up, and those of us that don't drive, like Joe and myself. We uh, have a problem with that, and so w- fortunately, we have a friend of ours that can go get it. Or sometimes Joe might take an Uber to go get it, but but it's just a real problem. Yeah, it's it, it's a problem, and you just have have to deal with it. One advantage that's come out of this pandemic is if you go to a place now like a Golden Corral or a Oh, I don't know what the one here is, Ponderosa or one of those places. If you're a blind person, you can go through. They And they do this for sighted people, too. You take your plate up there, and they fill up your plate for you. You tell them what you want or whatever the case may be. You don't have to go up there and serve your, your own self now. So that's kind of a plus for us. How long that'll last, I don't know. But have you ever went to a buffet and it was hard to, well, you had to oh, yeah. find somebody? And you, we have a Golden Corral here in Albany, and they're not even going to reopen. They're, they're, they're permanently closed. They will not reopen. But here's the other thing. How many times have you guys gone to a supermarket with a salad bar where you could make, you know, make oh, your own salad? Yeah. Uh, well, there's a new device that they're testing it, I believe. I'm not sure the supermarket, so I can't give you the name of it. But I heard this on the radio that they're going to have a robot making your salad and You'll you'll use a computer and it'll put what you want in the salad. It'll fill up the it'll it'll fill up the salad. You know whatever container they use, and it it will close the container automatically. You'll pick up the container and you'll and you'll check out with the register, and you won't no human hands will have touched that. Other supermarkets are for the salad bar are hiring people to fill your to fill your your uh, container up, they're, or, or they're concessioning that off to a private company that will do that and subcontracting that sub. Uh, because that's one of the high profit margins for supermarkets is the salad bar. And because people don't like cooking, I mean, they don't, and people want the convenience, they know that if they don't, if they don't put that back, they're going to lose tons of money. So that, that's, there are two ways that they're dealing with it. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I, I was going to say I've noticed um, in our store, like a lot of, I think all the bulk food is gone right now. Um. So, and I don't know if that'll come back or not. I We have a buffet that's been advertising, and now they claim to be the largest buffet in Minnesota. <laughs> they might be the only one, I don't know, <laughs> right now. But uh, I don't know if I would go to a buffet right now. Right. When you go to buffets, Tim, are you the kind of guy that likes to go up to a buffet and have four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, or ten portions just keep ordering over and over again? Uh, not, not now. I, I maybe used to. <laughs> I, think, I used to do that when I was about thirty or forty years ago. I used to do that. Yeah, thinking that's I, thinking I could beat them out of the money, but but they, they've already made their profit on me when I when I when I paid my bill anyway. So I think I know somebody in the five seven zero that goes back five or six times at the buffet. <laughs> hey! <laughs> I knew we'd get hey. over. 
days. <laughs> hey, I barely, I barely make two. I barely make two. And when I, when I do the second round, um, it's usually just for fruit and maybe some... Um, uh, crab Rangoon. I yeah. like Crab Rangoon. So oh, I think you lost, just lost a listener. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, but, yeah, I barely make it to the second round, <laughs> to the, the fruit. and the. Uh, I like the honeydew, melon, and cantaloupe. Yeah. Well, that. you know, one of the things they had at the Golden Corral that my when my daughter Meredith was was growing up, uh, and she was you know like three, five or six years, she loved to go to that the the, the fountain to make her own ice cream or get her own yeah. dessert. Yeah. But a problem with that was that more of the dessert, more of the, the food was on her than it was in the it was in the bowl half the time. So. Yeah. <laughs> but. Well, that's, um, I think I might have told you that I uh, have attended Beacon Lodge Camp for the Blind, which is now known as PA Lions Beacon Lodge camp and while we're there they take us to an off-camp trip to Haas's Steakhouse and I often help out with the other campers which I love to do and enjoy doing and uh, one time one of my friends asked me if I could help him out at the dessert portion and I said sure I'll help you out what would you like he said maybe some jello and if there's any whipped cream so I can do that. So I got to Jello, and I saw this thing which looked like whipped cream, and I thought that's what I was doing. <laughs> and I took it back to him, and he said, "Kathy, this isn't Jello and whipped cream." I said, "Oh no! What did I do?" He said, "You gave me Jello and cottage cheese." <laughs> I said, "Oh, I'm sorry." Well, that's still it's healthy cottage- for you. <laughs> cottage cheese is white and fluffy. And yeah. so is whipped cream. <laughs> yeah. And then the problem with that is that I, I can't stand cottage cheese. I hate oh, it. I like it. <laughs> I think it goes good with jello, too. Right, it does. So, it does well, there's a jello salad that has cottage cheese in it. Yeah. yeah. Cheese and <laughs> you know what we're going to so do? I didn't fail. <laughs> That's a good story, Kathy. You can go back to your buffet now. Kathy, I'm assuming uh, you have some vision. I have partial sight, yes. I was born with uh, congenital glaucoma, cataracts, and aniridia, uh, and I have nystagmus, too, so I have a couple of few things, but uh, I, my left eye is my dominant eye, but I can oh. still see sight only with, only with magnification, and it's, um, uh, with glaucoma, it's a degenerative thing it progressively gets worse as you get older so so but if i get to the slow. pocono if i get to the poconos can you help me out with the buffet because my hands are so weak kathy and i'm oh, just kidding oh, sure. <laughs> i'm just kidding sure. you, kathy. and i'll prove to bill i'll prove to bill i don't go there five times of course, you'll get cottage cheese but you know yeah right. thanks a lot chris <laughs> the only thing you is cottage kathy, cheese on your jello but other than that <laughs> Kathy, if you're going there for Jeff, you might have to go there five or six times. That's true. <laughs> there you can just camp out there and just thanks a lot, Tim. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think we're going to take a little break from all this fun for just a few moments because we have a very thoughtful demo prepared by Dave and Chris. And hey. we're going to do something with a an auto nailer. Now... I guess if you're into, uh, maybe I should play one of these nail driving songs. I'm not going to drive another nail by Marty Raven. I play on Sunday morning sometime. But anyway, 
Chris and Dave, you want to say anything about this demo before we get started? It's about 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah, this is, um, it's a great little, well, it's a great machine because it keeps you from smashing your fingers with a hammer. And, you know, sometimes I imagine anybody uh, that's listening now. Sighted or blind. Sighted or blind has done that <clears throat> once or twice or three times or a million. And uh, so this is what's called an auto nailer, and um, it drives the nails for you. Well, we're going to play it right now. And remember, if you don't want to listen to the whole podcast, this will be up under our podcast feed. So you can get these uh, demos now online. So that's just one of the extra benefits we can do for you. Good morning, everyone. It's time now for another exciting demo. And today... I'm going to do a demo on and I think is an exciting piece of equipment for you folks that are mechanically inclined. If you do a lot of carpentry work, I think this unit will solve a lot of your problems, especially smashing your fingers with a hammer. <laughs> I've done that a few times. <laughs> you go to pound the nail and miss and hit your fingers. Um, so today, we are going to demonstrate a new piece of equipment that I, uh, Chris and I purchased. It is an auto nailer. So if we were naming this podcast, we could call it Nailed It. Yeah, Nailed It. <laughs> so the first thing I'll do is let Chris give you the information about the product. This came from Home Depot. It is a Milwaukee M12 volt auto nailer with bag and battery and charging cable. It is $149 with free shipping. May be available at your store, I don't know. The model number is 2458-21. Should you wish to speak with Home Depot about it, their number is 800-466-3337. Again, this is a Milwaukee, which is spelled M-I-L-W-A-U-K-E-E. -E. And uh, we've had this unit for, what, about a week? Yeah. And we liked it, or I should say Dave liked it so well that that's what we have ordered some people for Christmas, the kids for Christmas as their the, their main gift. We usually try to get them a tool or something, and that's what we decided on this year. Well, that's uh, the information. Uh, first thing I'll do, this is actually a, a, a palm nailer. So, which means you, you hold it in one hand. It's um, bigger than your palm. But yeah, it's a little bit bigger than your palm. Um, if I have this turned um, so that there's a rounded part of the palm, uh, the top end of it is rounded off. That's the top of the unit. And it, the unit is about, um, well, it's about 
three and a half, almost four inches wide at the at, at the widest point, and then it it slants down from top to bottom, and it comes down to um, uh, about uh, two and a half inches, something like that. And it and, has a nice storage case, so if you if you want to store it, it's it's really easy to store. Then, as as you're bringing your hands down, I've, I've got this palm facing me. I'm holding it in my hand, and I'm bringing my hands clear down to the bottom. And there is a kind of a round-shaped thing. That is your battery that plugs into the nailer. And um, on each side of the battery, there is um, a little uh, two ridges on each side. And um, if you take a thumb and a index finger and you squeeze both sides, you can pull the battery straight down out of the unit. I have the battery placed into the unit right now. And it, it, this unit does come with its own charger. And a lot of units don't, but this one does. It's a heavy-duty tool. Milwaukee has real heavy-duty stuff. What would you say that weighs? I'm going to say it weighs three pounds, something like that. Maybe a little bit more. It's a chunky little. Uh, yeah, it's it's very well built. I should have weighed it. Uh, now, <clears throat> on the I have the palm, the the flat part facing me, and with the top facing up. And if I take my hands along the left-hand side of this unit, I'm going to find a rocker switch. And if you press it, that starts and stops the, uh, the nailer. And then if I bring my hands back around to the front of the unit, I still have the flat part of the uh, palm facing me, about halfway down, a little more than halfway, there's a little switch. And that switch is a lock switch, so if you're not using it, you flip it to the left, and when you want to use it, you flip it to the right. Normally, I just leave it there to the right but, uh, for safety precautions for if you have children. You, or cats. Or cats. <laughs> you probably want to keep it switched to the right. Okay, that, there's nothing on the right-hand side of the unit. So now, uh, with the palm of the unit that would go in my hand facing me, I'm going to take my hands clear out to the very end. I'm up at the top of the unit. I'm going to take my hands clear out to the end. And there is a, it's a round, feels like a round tube. Um, for those of you that are mechanically inclined, it kind of puts you in the mind of a socket. And it has a big hole in the middle. And that's where <clears throat> you put the nail into the unit. Now, before I get into demonstrating the unit, the first thing I wanted to tell you was, when you get this unit, you take it out of the box, you have the unit itself, and it's strapped into the carrying case. And it's about the size of a piece of Braille paper as far as um, 
the width, maybe a little bit wider. Um, and that contains the, the unit itself, the nailer. And Paul's, it's about the same length, too. Yeah. I, I mean, as the length of a piece of Braille paper. It's probably, what would you say, maybe 9 by 12 at most. That's about right. And about, what, 3, 4 inches thick? Yep, it's about 4 inches thick. It's a nice canvas type Kind of a hard case, sort of. Anyway, and, and the, the the unit when you take when you get it, it's strapped. There are uh, Belco straps on the inside, and that holds the the nailer down, and uh, it also held the charger down. And you had to take all those off to get everything out of there. And so the first thing you have to do when you get it is charge it. So. If you remember, I was talking about on the ridges on each side of the battery, and you squeeze those because it came with the battery installed already in it. So when you want to charge it, you have to take that off of the nailer and put it on the charger. And when you do that, you squeeze, you put a thumb and an index finger on each side of the battery where those two ridges are on each side, and you squeeze. And when you squeeze, you take your other hand and you pull the battery down, the battery will come out, and then you take it over and you, you plug your charger into the wall, and then you plug your battery uh, into the charger, and it will only go in one way, so you can't make a mistake. And then when you take it off the charger after it's charged, you squeeze the edges of the battery, the two ridges on each side, and pull the battery off the charger, and you bring it over and put it back on to the nailer. And it will only go on one way, so you can't mess it up. That's good. Yeah, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, the object of this is it can drive some pretty long nails. And fast. And, and it's fast. And... Um, so the way you do it, uh, I will explain. What what you do is you you find a nail that you want to drive, and um, if you want to drive it into a stud, or if you want to drive a nail, you nail a couple boards together or two by fours together. Um, then you you would, <clears throat> which I'm going to drive it into a stud, and. Um, so what I do is I take the nailer in my hand. I have it in my left hand because I've got a bad hand, so it's getting better, but not ready to, to uh, do too much yet. So I'm going to walk over here to my uh, one of the studs here because I, I wanted to put a nail in here because I want to use it to hold something in place. Uh, I have something that I want to hang on the wall. So all I'm going to do now, I have the, the um, unit in my hand. I have my fingers on the nail so that I know where I'm going to put it. And I have it in, stuck in the hole in the end of the nailer. And I'm going to squeeze the uh, rocker switch. And as soon as I get my hands in the right place, there we go. And I'll squeeze the rocker switch. And that's how quick it drove that nail. I didn't want to drive it in a whole way because I have to uh, hang something on it. 
it's loud too. It's yeah, it's definitely loud. So it <clears throat> it does exactly. It vibrates in your hand, so you know it, it's gonna it's gonna do that. But uh, it definitely <laughs> drove that nail in. I left about. Uh, uh, about two in, two two inches of the nail, the head of the nail sticking out because I'm going to put, uh, I'm going to hang something on that nail, and I have it where I want it. So, uh, but that's how that's how quick the unit uh, works. Yeah, we might hang up the snow shovels this year. Yeah, that's a good idea. Hang the snow shovels because <laughs> they're always falling down. Yeah, maybe we won't even have to use them. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, it's it's great, and like I said, it, it weighs between three and four pounds, something like that. Then when you're done with it, before you do anything else, you find um, that switch on the side of the prong. Uh, if you have the palm facing you, and you come down about halfway, and find that switch and flip it to the left to lock it so you don't have uh, somebody accidentally try experiment with it <laughs> and you got to know where that switch is you know it's, it's a necessity that you know where that lock switch is and um, it takes about an hour to an hour and a half to charge the battery so and it won't overcharge the charger will shut down like a lot of these chargers don't and but this, this one does it, it shuts down when the battery is full so if you wanted to you could leave the battery on the charger and then whenever you're ready to use the nailer you could take it off the charger and put it onto the nailer and and like other Milwaukee tools you probably I would assume anyway you would need to check maybe but a lot of those tools if you stick with the same brand uh the chargers can be interchangeable right depending on the tool it takes the same battery and and i, I couldn't tell you what all milwaukee tools work with that battery but That's any right. of the 12 volts yeah uh, most likely are going to use the same type of battery. So you could potentially, if you have another Milwaukee 12 volt tool, you could potentially have an extra charger if you ran, if you wanted to do a lot of nailing and you ran out of charge. Right. Maybe. Now, the only thing that I wanted to remind you folks was, you'll notice, you know, I had the uh, I had the nailer in in one hand, and I had my fingers. I because it was a long nail. If it was a short nail, I wouldn't have to because it would stay clear inside the socket. Uh, but I had a long nail, so I had my fingers on the nail itself, uh, down away from the head, so that I could put it onto the nailer and just sort of held it in place because I had to. I had to know uh, where I wanted to put that nail. Kind of put your fingers on a long nail in between where you're going to nail it and the nailer. Yeah, so. usually about halfway in between, or wherever you can get your fingers in there. On the uh, just grab a hold of the the nail and hold it steady, and then put your uh, nailer onto it. Uh, put the head into the socket of the nailer, and then when you press that switch, the rocker switch on the left hand side of it, 
uh, it's spring loaded, so it only runs when you're pushing it, and when you stop pushing it, that's when it stops. So, and if you have a finger, you know, close to um, the edge of your nail, you can tell how far in you get, you go. Uh, if you need to, just hit it a couple, you know, let press the switch, let it nail a little bit, and you can look at it. Or well, I actually just put my finger on the nail because I knew that I needed about two inches sticking out of the stud. So I had my finger on it, and when I got it down close, I took my finger away and just tapped it a little bit, and I got what I wanted. So that, and then of course I locked the unit using that lock switch to make sure for safety precautions that it was locked. And that's pretty much how it works, because um, there are only the two controls uh, in there on this unit. So, you know, it's pretty simple. Um, the charger has a pretty heavy-duty cord on it for safety reasons, and uh, the case of the charger is plastic. And it's about, uh, the charger is about four inches wide and it's a little longer so might be five inches long something like that and then there's a slot about halfway down on the front of the charger where you put your battery when you want to when you when you take it off the nailer and you put it on the charger just plug that you can leave the charger plugged in because it does not do anything until the battery is connected to it that turns the charger on and it will charge the battery and then it will turn itself off and if it needs a trickle charge it'll come back on and trickle charge the battery so the battery always stays charged and that's how the unit works and so i will have chris give you the information about the product one more time and we didn't kill the bird we're in the garage that's why you haven't heard her yeah uh, this is an auto nailer by milwaukee it is the one it's an m12 it comes with a uh storage bag and a battery and a cable now they do make another m12 that says tool only you'll notice that one's a lot cheaper so you know if you need the battery and the bag be sure you get the right one it the one that we got this particular unit from home depot i'm sure other places have them but it's model number 2458-21 milwaukee is spelled m-i-l-w-a-u-k-e-e you can go to homedepot.com and you can put uh, let's see, I think we put rechargeable auto nailer in the search field, and uh, Milwaukee was one of the first ones that came up. But if you want to talk to Home Depot or order it that way, they're happy to help you at 800-466-3337. It is $149. And and uh, that's pretty much what I know. You, if you're if you subscribe to the coffee club list, you'll get a link directly to that item in Home Depot at Home Depot. And so that's the scoop on the auto nailer. Well, it does exactly what I wanted it to do anyway. Um, I'm happy with it. I wish they would have made it maybe a little bit lighter. But um, it's heavy duty, you know. I mean, you could drop it on the floor, and which I wouldn't recommend you do that. But you can. 
it's it's very very well built well, a lot of those good tools like that are heavy it has on the outside of the case of the nailer uh, the places that you hold in your hand have a rubber have rubber on them so that makes it a little easier to you to get a good grip on it when you're holding it and uh, up towards the top then on the sides are it's like a plastic um, on the left side is the rocker switch and and then on the front with the palm facing you is the uh, rock uh, is the toggle switch that locks it and unlocks it so that's how it works if you have any questions you can always email bill sparks at bill at billsparks.org that's bill at billsparks.org and if he doesn't have the answers to the questions he'll get a hold of us and we'll make sure we get the answers you need or if you wish to ask a question or make a comment regarding this specific item during this broadcast you may reach us by calling six 646-558-8656. That's 646-558-8656. Press pound as instructed. When you are asked for a meeting ID, enter 848-725-450. That's 848-725-450. Press pound one more time. When you're asked for a user ID, press pound again, and you will be in the room with us where you can ask your question or make your comment regarding this item. Well, that's all the time we have for this demo. Stay tuned next week for another another exciting demo. Wow, I just hit my thumb. Good (laughs) job. I'd like to know one question, Dave. How do you know, and I know it because I'm not mechanically inclined, how do you know where the studs are? Do you have a stud finder? Yeah, I, I they, they they do have a stud finder. In fact, I think we did a demo. On I think we actually did, but I we forgot. Did. Right. But in in my garage, the studs are exposed, so it's not hard to find in there. Okay. Someday they may be closed in, but um, haven't gone around to that. Now Zoom kind of canceled out the audio. Could you hear a change in the sound as it's driving the nail in? Oh, yeah. it's quite loud, and you could hear it on the air. Zoom just canceled. Yeah, it almost Zoom. sounded like an electric stapler. Well, it actually is like a... It's like loud. That, it's very Zoom loud. Zoom kind of messed that up. Is and it, sound, it was like compressed, so it wasn't as loud over the air, but you could definitely hear it a lot better. Okay. Good stuff. But it, does, Good. It, does, it, does, it does a nice job. I... I had a another one. It was a different brand, and it wasn't very powerful at all. And it, it wouldn't drive the type of nail that I drove into the stud in, in a demo. So uh, when I got this one, it <laughs> it'll drive anything. We do have one hand raised from guess who? Mister Bill, Bill in Chicago. In Chicago. <laughs> Go ahead, Bill. Okay, one thing. Everybody remember this thing. They don't tell you this, but it is a lethal weapon. It will. I mean, no, no. I'm not joking. The, I mean, a, stu- a, a nailer is actually a lethal weapon. You can point it at somebody, pull it, and that nail will go right through them. Okay, this but, one, you, uh, this one, this one. You cannot do that because the nail well, will stay in there. First of all, 
It, it doesn't about the air okay, gun. Okay, okay, this one won't stand because I know... Uh, You're thinking of an air gun. Like yeah, you're thinking of a nail gun that uses a CO2 cartridge. Okay. Yeah. okay, this one works a little different, but it's still the same It's still thing, but... It doesn't have do. near the power that you're talking about, though, like the air guns that contract contractors use. Those things yeah, will. You those can shoot somebody shoot with those. shoot the nail out where this one oh, I know they, I know they do. Well, this one dries it in, but what I'm saying. Uh, also, I would say if a person partially sighted, um, a lot of people partially sighted has got to try to look to see where they're putting the nail. I advise not to turn it to you. And try to put the nail in. Make sure the nail goes in the hole. Use your fingers and learn how to feel where the nail goes into the machine. Because anything could happen. You could think, "Oh, I got the lock switch on." Okay, you turn it towards you. You're looking to see where the nail goes in the hole. You want to see where it goes in the hole. You want real pilot feel for it. And all Three of a sudden, you Push get the TV. rocker switch accidentally, or something goes wrong. Well, the, the way nail, the, the nail. The way that this is the way that this is made, the uh, what you're supposed to do with it is you put the nail in on whatever it is you want to put it on, like a stud or whatever it is. Then you take the nailer and put it onto the head of the nail, so that you're not really anywhere near that. Because if you if you tried to point it towards you. All it's going to do is throw the na the nail just going to fall out because it you know there's okay. nothing there to okay. hold no, it just, in. Because no, I, I was just going with the way you're describing it. I'll let you put the nail in the machine, like a lot like the nailers I've used before. You put the nails in the machine. You just you can. Load. But that's a contractor's nailer. That's a different. Right. Yeah, I know if this works. They're both into it. Yeah, those, those, those here, those, I won't. I won't even use one of those. I'm. Uh, of course, if you're frying lighting. okra in a deep fryer and you can't see well, it's not a good idea to stick your head in there either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I know, I know, I know. But I'm just saying. But people that do have, I know. Uh, you know well, if you have an electric stapler, you shouldn't try sticking your finger under the sensor to see if it'll. Well, that's right, too. That's right, too. You shouldn't do that, right? Of course, yeah, I have one there's of those a safety feature sure your finger won't fit under there, because <laughs> I tried it. But. Uh, yeah. Well, I know somebody that nailed somebody's shoe to the floor, too. Yeah, my son, we were, <laughs> we were working on my son's house, and he was putting a new floor down. And I was standing there, and he came over with the staple gun and nailed my shoe to the floor. Oh, no. <laughs> Me in it. <laughs> You're lucky it didn't hurt you, Dave. No, uh, he just nailed it, you know, down at the sole of the shoe, you know, on the... Right, right along the edge of the sole, yeah. right. But no, I would just, I would just, because, you know, I, I just wasn't sure how this would actually work. Those really contractor's guns can't hurt you. My brother shot himself yeah. with one of those ones by accident. Yeah, this is, the difference is this is a vibrating... It it actually that that the piece of the plunger I guess you could call it inside that socket goes in and out real fast is how it works and it just vibrates and so yeah it doesn't shoot shoot it out that's why you have to hold the nailer onto the nail when you drive it otherwise it would fall out. I wonder if it's time for our recipes. Chris, recipe. Oh, the recipe. recipe. Oh, yeah. Bill, and then Mike's got one, too. So go ahead, Chris. <laughs> 
Okay, this is for gingerbread. And this is for scratch gingerbread. One cup of sugar, just sugar. Two eggs, slightly beaten. One cup of vegetable oil. One cup of molasses. One and a quarter teaspoons of cinnamon. One tea, well, let's see. One and a quarter teaspoon of ginger also. One teaspoon of cloves. One teaspoon of nutmeg. One third cup of hot water. Two teaspoons of baking soda. Two cups of flour. And one cup of boiling water. You start by dissolving your soda in the one third cup of hot water. And then you just start mixing the other ingredients in the order given, ending with the cup of boiling water. I use an electric mixer, put it in a greased, and you can flour it if you want to. Sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just flour the bottom a little bit. In a greased 9 by 13 pan, bake it in a preheated oven at 3 Let's see, let me check the temperature. 350 for 35 minutes or until a toothpick inserted comes out clean. And you don't want to get it overdone because if you do, you'll dry out the edges. But it's really good. Oh, man. That sounds good. Very, very good. Michael, are you here with your recipe? Yes, I am. All yes, right. I am. I'm ready this. for some of this salad. Okay. It's called Honeymoon Salad. And the instructions very, very simple. Good. I need that. Let us alone. <laughs> if you don't like that, thank Abby. She That's can. unusual. Yes. <laughs> I've heard that before. You're, um, you're supposed to say without dressing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That got me. I was me. afraid Chris would give it away, but uh, <laughs> that got me. Go ahead, Mike. I think we'll have some of that for lunch. Lettuce, <laughs> lettuce on a plate. You know, I got my first head of lettuce. We've been using these bags, and I'm going to tell you the lettuce tastes much better in the head, you know, the whole head of lettuce than it does in those bags. I use the salad mix, but what I do is I take them out of the bag immediately, and I have a, and I found this at Walmart. It's a container that holds the salad mix, where they uh, thing that with holes in it at the, that you insert into the bottom of the container, and that takes away the moisture away from the salad, and it and your salad does last longer. And the quicker you can get out of that plastic bag, the better off you are. Right, because it kind of got that. It's kind of a taste to it. I don't know. But I guess I'll go down and try some of that honeymoon, honeymoon salad. <laughs> honeymoon salad. That's honeymoon, pretty good. Honeymoon salad. That's pretty good. That. Hey, Mike, what are you going to buy me from new or from Amazon? Are you going to buy me the Echo Studio? Oh, sure, Jeff. Well, or, or the Echo I think Ring. I want one of those. Yeah, I'm really not sure where I oh. put it, but I've really been I'm thinking Mike. about that newer microwave. But I'd like to speak with someone that has one. Uh, Randy's got one. Well, I know Randy, but uh, uh, so he loves it. I know that. 
Yeah, he's real happy with it. I don't. Didn't we play a review of that from him on the Toff Coffee Club? Right. Yeah. I mean, the yep. only challenge apparently seems to be cooking a chicken. They don't seem to have a perfected method for putting a chicken in there. But Well, because it's hard to get a, that small a chicken that most of those will let you cook. It's like the June oven. You have to cook a fairly small chicken. Yeah, you, I was going to say, I, I don't think Bill has said anything lately, but the June uh, oven is working fine now. Since oh, they yeah, right. Uh, it it finally, yes, I haven't said anything because I wanted to make sure. But, yeah, it it finally, after several months, is now w- working. It's It's been working pretty much. The app's a little slow. Of course, it could be my phone, but it works, and it's worked to perfection. Could you cook one of those type of chickens that Mike's talking about in the June oven? I don't see why you couldn't. What size, Mike? I think they said you could do, what, a five-pound? Yeah, the oh, yeah. You can five put a five-pound pound chicken yes. in, the, in the smart yes. oven. So if that... You can do a five-pound in the June. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, that's an example put... they gave in the, for the Amazon. So. Yeah, you can put quite a few things in the, in the June. Yeah, you could even do, well, I don't know if you could do a 10-pound turkey, but you could probably do an eight-pound hen. Now, how is this chicken cooked? Is it... Is it air fried? Is it uh, how how would you cook this chicken? You just don't bake it, do you, Mike? Do you do anything besides bake it? Is it how would you cook? No, I think it goes up. It cooks for about an hour. I'd go mix it. Randy said I was a little confused. They said air fried, but I wasn't sure if it was really air fried or baked. You yeah, could, I wasn't sure about that either. You could probably do either one. If I was going to do it, I don't know if I would air fry it or not, but you could bake, you could air fry, or you could roast. Yeah. It, it, Maybe it's a combination. Well, right. that could be. Maybe and, it bakes so long and then air fries it to brown it. That now, would be for, nice. For most people, a lot of people, the Amazon is good because they can just sit there and talk to it or read the Braille or say, you know, cook this long or whatever the the and it's not a disadvantage to the june is that you just have to use your phone the i don't think the the lady a skills are up to uh, snuff they're still yet. working on that right lady skills. some are some are again you'd have to have a sighted person sign her into the Oven. Now, I was listening to the Google demo, and they were talking about um, that there's a variety or a few different GE microwaves that work. You could use your Google Home and, and manage them and tell it how many minutes to cook or specific foods. And uh, so, well, well, push is going to come to shove here pretty soon, and I'm going to be be researching this. Is my air conditioner in Florida is a lot like Dave and Chris's dishwasher. Everybody's throwing bullets at it and darts, and it's still not working correctly, so it looks like it's going to have to be replaced, but we're going to have to get some type of thermostat for it that's, that's going to be accessible. And I'm hearing everything from buying one of the 
the the talking ones like Chris and Dave got, of course, they won't be supported any longer. But the you know we've we've got that old nest in there, but that seems to be a furnace destroyer for some reason. Right. There's Honeywell. There's Eco B. Yeah, Honeywell and Eco B. Uh, and and those kind of things. So uh, I know Honeywell makes a talking one. I'm just afraid. I, I based on the experience we've had with the nest, I'm almost afraid to get something that's supposed to learn about your house and do all that stuff. Right. When the we thing, can make too many choices about when it comes on and when it goes off. And but I, but I do apologize on the June. I thought I've mentioned it in the last month or two but yes it is finally finally working for everybody so even if your power goes out and everything because that's i don't go back to your thermostat it's a problem you have right when the electricity goes out and it doesn't sink right and um the problem we're having with the the nest is it decides what it wants to do it'll put you on some kind of eco mode you know, to save you money, and then it screws around, and then my temperature is at 86. Well, I don't want my temperature at 86, you know? I don't want to pay that kind of utility bill. <laughs> well, well and then it 86 in the, the summertime, Jeff, that's... messes <laughs> up the air conditioner because then it has to run so long to get it back to a reasonable temperature. Right. Yeah. You know, if, if Dave sets his on 72... Well, then he can pretty much count on it going to be 72 for the entire day. Yeah, and you can you can also program it to right. like drop down at to 69 or whatever you whatever want in the evenings night, or whatever. We may buy another one just to have on hand just because and then I would you really have, Dave, miss this one. Which one Our, do you have, Dave? It's the talking thermostat from... Talk, TalkingThermostats.com. I don't think it's out of business, though. They, they are out of business. Now? No, but they're available other places if you look around. Oh, right. okay. <clears throat> and they're really reliable. I mean, they you change the batteries once a year. You know, that's it takes right. four AA batteries. And Just understand, you're not going to get technical support, per se. Maybe. But... Yep. And I heard with the Ecobee, again, it's, it costs less, but it's an issue of you lose power, and you may have to have sighted help or call Ira to get get it talking to your Wi-Fi again. So though there's always I just, issues. I know it's, it's a big advantage to have your thermostat on your Wi-Fi and all that. I get it, because you can do things when you're gone with it. But I, the more I've used these Wi-Fi-enabled ones, I just as soon walk up to the thing and change the temperature. But you're not going to be able to do that, unfortunately. You know, I wish I wish you could. Um, but it's it's a problem, and you know you have to wait on somebody to come to you to do whatever. You know, to do whatever. Bill, did you have a comment or is? I thought I saw. Hey, go Bill. ahead, Bill. Yeah, uh, my theory is these fancy thermostats, these high-tech thermostats where you can set them with your Wi-Fi and stuff, I'm leery of those things because 
the way people now hack stuff. But I've got a hunt. I've got Honeywell in the house here, and a Honeywell in the house in Indianapolis. That's strictly a dial thermostat, and it was I found it several years ago. I think they still make them. It is for low vision. Only thing it has the five, six, seven, nine in raised print, but between each one, each one is a dot that goes two, and it clicks every two two degrees as the, the knob turns and clicks, and it runs my AC, and it runs my thermostat, and also has a switch where I can turn the fan on the furnace and run it constantly if I want to. And I think I paid, what I paid for them now, I meant I put one on my house several years ago, and I put one on in the house in Annapolis. And the thing I like about it is I can get up and walk over to the thermostat. I don't need to sit in my chair and say, oh, it's too warm in here. Let me grab my iPhone and go through a bunch of stuff and, and change my thermostat. I mean, I can I can get up and still walk across the room. And this one's, this one is suited for low vision or no vision. Because if you just if you, if you don't know the print numbers, you just memorize them. They go five, six, seven, eight, nine. And then every every time you turn the dial, it clicks, and that's two degrees. So I mean, it, it's really simple, and it's not that expensive. They're about I think I paid less than fifty bucks for them, and it worked perfect. And I've had it on my house here for probably over twenty years, and I had the one on the house in Indianapolis for probably over probably, but well, I know at least fifteen years. But I, I never I don't go I don't I just don't like those automatic thermostats that goes with your wife or even even the locks on your doors I'd never put them on my door because some guy could some guy could hack into your stuff well if they're smart I mean, enough just, to hack my, into your stuff they can my, hack into your my theory I mean I right. just don't some technology is good but some technology it's just like you say that one thermostat you got Bill said sometimes it'll run you at 86 degrees well there's something wrong with that thing I mean, this way you well, know when you set it, it's set. I mean, I can set my thermostat at, at in the summertime. I can set my thermostat at 76 degrees or 78, and this house stays at with AC. I don't right. care how hot or how cold it gets outside. It's always 76 or 78 degrees. Right. There, there is a serious issue with that. I, I agree with you, but, you know, you're, of course, entitled to your opinion on the locks, but if somebody's smart enough to hack your thing, they're smart enough to hack into your door if they wanted to lock, unlock, no, because we had them break in through a deadbolt, so um, th things can happen, unfortunately. But, yeah, that... Call. Oh, yeah? Yeah, from Debbie. Here we go.